Welcome to Nintendo Dads, episode 313, recorded on February 4th, 2021. On tonight's episode, we discuss the latest Nintendo Switch numbers. Spoiler, they're really, really high. Apex Legends finally gets a release date, and I'm really, really sad. And did you know we nearly had a Netflix Zelda Zelda show? That and so much more. Jesse, cue the music. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Marty here with Nintendo Dads, and you're listening to episode 313. It is February the 4th, 2021, and joining me tonight on the show, Justin Masson and Jesse Waldack. It's almost like, almost, but not really, like the OG Nintendo Dads are reunited. Almost. I, I wonder if we should start calling this, is this like the new OG? Do you know what I mean? I'm, we're I, like I'm at this point. Uh, OG I'm, Mark Two. Like when did you mark your anniversary? Like four years in, guys. Yeah, did you get did you get the anniversary present we sent you from HR? Uh, no. <laughs> huh? Huh? No. I gotta set a meeting up with the HR team because that's unfortunate. Or that guy's a jerk. Uh, who is HR by the way? This guy. Ah, <laughs> 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 you suckers! <laughs> you know, I'm the HR. I'm all of it. <laughs> well, guys, look. Here's the deal. We've got a ton of stuff to talk about tonight, but before we do that, I just wanted to uh, wanted to say how much fun I have had this week playing Apex Legends on my Nintendo Switch. Oh wait, watch your mouth. I I'm not going to get so to do much. that until March 9th. Jesse, I think you have an appropriate sound effect <laughs> that uh, we need to play right here, right now. Justin was wrong, Justin was wrong, Justin was wrong. Oh, and we're going to talk about how wrong you were and so much more uh, tonight. But just Justin, Jason Mason, yeah. uh, it's been a roller coaster of a week for you. It has. Uh, man, buddy, I, I felt, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I am poking fun a little bit, but uh, I remember uh, how excited I was for Fortnite to come to the Nintendo Switch. Uh, and I also remember how excited I was for Overwatch to come to Switch. You have been hype about Apex Legends for so long, and it's yep. like right here almost. Yep. yep. And uh, are, are you okay? I'm going to be honest with you. Like, uh, <laughs> I really, we probably should have put, we should have put like the live feed up in my office in the corner because it was, it was a roller coaster of a day. Uh, Justin Kim. I was on like additional Discord threads that you guys aren't part of, watching conversations occurring. Like after it was announced that it was delayed, like I just sat in Everyone my chair. Everyone else was watching GME stock. You were watching this. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Just like GME stock, it went up and crashed very quickly. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like that was that was my day. We're gonna chat obviously more about that later, but it was it was something. Yeah, it was yeah. something. Well, I, you know, I was checking in on you through the day. I do appreciate see that. See how you were making it. Um, yep, yep, yep. I, I know it's disappointing, but hey, it's uh, it's almost just a month away, right? Yep. And uh, we'll, we'll, like, like, like Justin says, we're going to talk a little Apex Legends later on in the show. Uh, but Jesse, man, uh, how are you this week? Pretty good. Well, since I mentioned GME, and I, I mentioned last week that I did buy a share, I would like to share that I did sell that share. I did take a loss, but at least I got out of it before it, it dipped under a hundred. 
Okay. Well, <laughs> I was hoping at least you got transi- some of your money back. I hope you're going to transition. You're like, and I've successfully funded the Nintendo dads till 2025. No, it, nope. if, okay. right. if I did buy when I was 40, like I thought about, but nah, I'm like, I would have gotten out at 400. Definitely. Guys, that's, wow. what, that's what we should have done with all of our Patreon money. Just invested it right in GameStop, <laughs> right there. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, and then, and, yeah, and knowing our luck, we would have done that, and then we would have had to come at me like, once again, I'm coming to you asking <laughs> for your money. Uh, uh, no, yeah, we should not have done that, but here's yeah, the deal. The, the other Bernie uh, meme. If anything good came out of that, I was reading this week, some of the people that had invested in actually one yeah. big we're buying things like Nintendo Switches and games, all kinds of things, donating them to children's hospitals. So that was pretty cool. I really hope that if they actually, if they, and I did see that that meme, that stuff. I, I hope they bought those from GameStop and not like Walmart. I like didn't just, see. Just give uh, back a little bit the more. The picture that, that I saw, which doesn't mean it was really related, was a GameStop bag. Yep, shown in the article. Okay. But again, that doesn't mean. mean yeah. Could have used a, you know, a. It could have uh, been a stock the, photo. Yeah, you just come photo. in and it's just like, hey, I just became a millionaire off your back. I thought I'd step in yeah. and buy a few Nintendo Switches for the. Yeah, where's where's your kids? Dis- where's your discount bin? Just curious, just looking around for that stuff. It's the whole store now. Thank you. Uh, I get four Funko Pops for a dollar. What? Well, then you would still be paying too much. Uh, <laughs> shots fired. Uh, guys, we've got a ton to talk about, including some other financial news. And so how about we just dive straight into the news? Let's do it. And our news, as always, is brought to us by you guys over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads, where for as little as a dollar a month, you can join up and be part of our Discord. Uh, $5 gets you full access to the Discord. $10 gets you access to pre- and post-show audio goodies like Snap Dads, which has become a thing, I guess, uh, as well as banter about what we're going to call the show and all kinds of fun things like that. And then for $30, you can be a Patreon producer and you can come on the show and hang out with us. Be really cool. Be a lot of fun. And so you can head over to patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads and join up. So go do that if you haven't. Uh, Justin, let's dive straight into some really exciting stuff. Well, it's probably exciting for you. Uh, Here's the long and short of it before uh, we go to sleep as you talk about uh, sales numbers and things. Uh, (laughs) Nintendo is doing really, really good. Really, really, really good. Yeah. Can can I just say this before we dive into this? uh, Do you guys remember when the Switch was previewed and uh, we were waiting for it to come out and article after article, after article, after article was coming out about Nintendo's dead. This Mm -hmm. thing sucks. It's never going to do good. Nintendo's blah, blah, blah. I bet all those people feel really stupid right now. Yeah. yeah, Yes. Yes. No. Right. Because I think that, I think the challenge was, I think when you're coming off of something like the Wii U and you looked at that, you're like, yeah, you're like you. You've lost a lot of goodwill because they had well, earned a lot of goodwill and clout with the Wii, mm-hmm. and then the Wii U really de- just destroyed that. And in an interview this week, uh, I think it was this week, Reggie Fizemi said the Switch was make or break for Nintendo. Like yeah. they had yeah. to make this happen. Yeah, they they it was such. And the interesting part of that as well, and and um, 
as you think about it, you know, like, you know, I think sometimes it's interesting because like people give grief to, to a company like um, EA in, in, for not like having their games on the platform, right? Or Ubisoft for not having as many games on the platform. You have to remember that like the Wii U did so badly, right? That it really damaged those relationships. So those third parties that were creating content for the Wii U, and I think of stuff like um, EA, and I think of stuff like Rocks, uh, Rocksteady, to put the time and energy and effort it takes to port a game, to get that development, like you need to recoup those costs. And when an install base was as small as it was for the Wii U, that was a risk. So you like as much as we're like, EA, I can't believe you're not in here. If you've been burnt really badly, and you got to remember like EA, you know, like when they're developing a game and putting a game on a console, like porting it, that cost isn't on Nintendo. That cost is on that development company. It's on that production company. So they're, they're liable for the billable hours. They're liable for the the discs, the production, like all that stuff. So like some poor folk who works at EA has like a stock load in their in their like pantry of like Assassin's Creed three and Assassin's Creed four uh, from Ubisoft or whoever it was because like it wasn't selling. And so that's a hard thing. So so when we kind of give grief of like why aren't you on the Nintendo Switch? It takes time to get games ready, and they were being cautious. They had to sit back and be cautious. Um, so it, it's it, it, I, the Wii U d- damaged a lot of relationships for for third party developers, and that's why we're slowly seeing them trickle back in to the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, and I mean, some I think some people would still lay some blame on EA for not trusting mm-hmm. the Switch at this point. Mm-hmm. But we are seeing them start to open up a little bit mm-hmm. more. But one of the, one of the things I think you know we could point out here is there's some there's been in recent months some no brainers that could have come to the Switch, yeah. like the NHL '94 remastered or remix mm-hmm. that's out there. Like that to me is a no brainer on the Switch. Um, you go back and look at Capcom's catalog. Like I just. Uh, I downloaded uh, the Disney Afternoon Collection the other day for the PS5. Yeah, why is <laughs> that like, not is, on Switch? Why that is made, this not on Switch? That All of never these are made sense. games. It still it, doesn't it does make not sense. make any yeah. sense. But I, I think you're right. I mean, there's some goodwill that's having to be won back here, and the train is starting to roll. If yeah. it wasn't already, well, I think it was already starting to roll. It's picking up steam. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and, and that is the thing. Like, and the the challenge part of it, we do have to remember is that when someone's like, "Oh, I want that game on the Switch," it's not like they can just snap their fingers, right? No. It's a prioritization of work. It's understanding what's currently in their docket. Do they have the resources to do it? And when I say resources, I mean the staff, the office space, the infrastructure, the code. Like, there's so many things. So, when we kids talk, if they're first, they're first kids, time through. Yeah. So, like, when people are like, "Why isn't Mass Effect Three coming to the Switch?" You're like, because. That takes time and energy and ability. And at that point, when they probably started that development for the the port, it wasn't known, right? Um, it's not a snap of the fingers, yeah, right? You really as want much, three if you don't have the first two. Well, there you go. And like, like I think like, we you proved that. Yeah, I'm busting chop for like Apex, right? Like, snap your fingers. Why isn't there? But like, it takes time to do these things, and so that's a challenge. Well, yeah, I mean, panic button has to work on Apex. Has to do something about it now. Uh, so let's let's break down some of these numbers. Yeah, uh, sure. So the current sales figures are this: between October first through the end of December thirty first, Switch sold a whopping eleven point fifty five million units. Yep. Uh, now, one thing you want to remember on that is that that is the Nintendo Switch family, 
So that's not just switches. It's switch and switch light together, but that's yeah. still pretty impressive. I didn't, uh, yeah, yeah, for, for a total of almost 80 million units together, I didn't put them in the notes, but they did split out how many yeah. switches okay. versus uh, switch lights. And the switch light has almost surprised the Wii U, the Wii by U. itself. Surprise. Correct. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that is only in a, um, a 15 month period. Cause remember and that did come out in September of 2019. Right. So you're only a 15 month, not a huge shock there. Yeah. And, and this that, quarter, and that is a and very think... sarcastic surprise that I say, I mean, like, <laughs> when, when the switch light was debuted, I was like, this thing, it's going to sell like hotcakes, yeah. especially, with Animal Crossing. Yeah, this quarter, and I think also the previous quarter, the the Switch outsold the Switch Lite two to one. Yeah. So it's pretty much a 33-66 split between the two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the, as Jesse alluded to, the total sell-through right now, uh, or through December 31st, of Nintendo Switch units was 79.87 million units, which by this time, by the time we're getting these numbers, that means that the Switch has now... Uh, outsold the Nintendo 3DS's 75.94 million units by almost mm-hmm. 4 million uh, units there. Uh, the only systems, Nintendo systems, that have sold more at this point are the Game Boy Advance at 81.5 million, the Wii at 101.6 million, the Game Boy at 118.7 million, and Nintendo DS at 154 million. Yeah, that, and we'll, guys, we'll and we'll see it. We'll see that it has it has very easily passed the GBA numbers by uh, the end of March thirty first. Oh, sure. Uh, again, because that's going to be their their fiscal right. We are only capturing. We are only actually remember. We have to remember. We're only getting the the, the nine months of twenty twenty one or twenty twenty that Nintendo is counting. This is not their fiscal quarter. This is just their quarterly reports. Right, and you've got two consoles on the horizon with the Super Mario one in February and Monster Hunter Rise in uh, March, at very end of March, very last part of March, in a market of Japan where it's where it's going to be a, a, a boomer. And, and, um, and don't forget too that whether I know y'all, you guys are probably tired of me talking about Mario 3D World, but it's going to sell systems. Yeah, yeah. Despite it, it, despite like, our it, dislike for it potentially, uh, its color design, it's going to sell. It's going to sell a lot. Um, so I, I mean, I think I think when we f- see those now, these numbers that we're going to be talking about here will be coming out in early May. Um, will be those numbers that will easily have passed the GBA. I, I I I'm looking at the numbers here. It's pretty safe. I I believe. Here's my prediction. If you want to, you know, where's our where's our prediction log? I believe if we look at Nintendo's year in 2021, so. To 2022, I think that it could easily pass this marker and get to the Wii's level of 101.6 uh, million. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah um, because the for the last 12 months, I think they sold 20 to 25 million. So it was, yeah. they just have to maintain. And, and you know, if a however Switch, Switch Mark III does come out at some point, instant guarantee. I, I'm just gonna. Yep. Could I, I know they've done the like 20 to 25 million, right? But you got to understand that this was a unique and special market in this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm not saying it's slowing down. In fact, I think that they're going to maintain pace. But the pandemic definitely had something to oh, do. Agreed. Because mm-hmm. it drove console sales across the board. Yeah. Uh, people needed stuff to do at home. And now yep. people are starting to get vaccinated. They're starting to get out more. Uh, numbers are kind of starting to skew downward. That is going to change sales, whether we want it to or not. I think the, I, I do think I'll agree with you, Justin. The Wii sale marker is 
very doable. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and that's I mean, and that's an, that's a, that's a really important indicator because that is, you know, when you talk about I mean, and there is some other markers there. The Game Boy, right at almost at 118 million. The DS at 154 million. But when you really talk about kind of in the in the I think the general population's kind of consciousness, the Wii is that is that threshold. The Wii is that kind mm-hmm. of that that. Um, that marker that they want to get up to. So I think that that's going to be a huge thing. I think when they pass that marker, Nintendo's going to kind of do a pretty good victory lap uh, doing that one, because that will indicate that they've, they've met that success at least and have gone further. So at this point, we have to assume, because they've done it with the Switch Lite, mm-hmm. that whatever is next for Switch, and by the way, Nintendo did comment mm-hmm. on the Switch Pro this week and mm-hmm. said uh, nothing is coming they're not going to release a new version of the Switch anytime soon. And that is such a PR word salad of a statement. Oh, because yeah. last year they said, we are not announcing or not revealing any new consoles in 2020. They yeah. defined the time. They yeah. actually said like, so this, this, I'm sorry, Jesse, I see you. But this statement of soon is such an interesting word. Jesse, go ahead. Reggie had said almost that same sentence mm-hmm. two weeks before the 2DS was announced. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was. I don't know if it was two weeks, but it was definitely less than a month. But no, so, you are. They, they not didn't go- say new version of the Switch. They said any new console. Yeah, that's a good point too. The other part of it is that you are not going to say weeks before you are about to re- uh, release two new versions of your console that, right. by the way, we've got a new console coming. We've got the Switch Pro, and it's coming out on, like, April 1st. Mm-mm-mm. You are going to – that is not what you are going to do. You're going to keep your mouth shut. Um, this is, So, I mean, I, th- I think, again – I think we all betted, like, 2021 feels pretty uh, appropriate, probably Q3, Q4. Most likely, the September time frame is what I'm thinking. But if you look at these numbers, this is this is why so many analysts and so many people predict that the challenge with predicting the Switch Pro is because of these numbers. You see that Nintendo is having this success. As a matter of fact, as I recall, maybe Jesse, correct me if I'm wrong, you can check. These numbers are actually better than last year's numbers. Now, yes, I know Marty that it was it was a pandemic, yeah, so some difficulties year over there. Year higher. These are year over year better and better. So it's really hard to say like better, better, better. Well, now and here's a revision. Because you typically do a revision when you begin. Oh, it's to the same thing as Mario Kart sales. Nine. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for them to do that as long as it still sells. As long as they're still doing it. As long as they're still doing it, right? So absolutely. And and here's the thing about what I was getting at was that we have to assume that because they've added the Switch Lite to the the Nintendo Switch family, yeah, they've already kind of set up for the future, right? Yeah, that whatever's coming, Switch Pro, Switch HD, whatever it's going to be called, is going to be part of that family as well. So yep. here's what I want us to speculate at before we sure. talk software numbers, because yeah. uh, I think that console numbers we we can kind of run it ragged if we're not careful. Um, we're halfway through a life cycle. That's been said by Nintendo. The Switch is about halfway through. Uh, where do we see this landing at the end? Like by the end of the like, console's life cycle, like what is what like is our count? life? To, like what is our oh. sale? And are you also predicting? So I, I like where your head's at there, Marty. Are you also using the variant that you believe that is that the there is a Switch Pro? There's a yeah, family. yeah. So like considering yeah. the fact that that yeah. we probably know that a Switch Pro is coming or Switch something mm-hmm. is coming, 
And they're going to continue to sell the OG and the light until, and probably once they switch over to the pro, they're going to sell the OG until it's gone. If uh, I was, if I was to feels like ballpark this. Yeah. That's what I'm going to go 125 million. That was the exact number I had in my head. Yeah. That feels I think, right. I don't think we're going to get DS numbers, but we're going to come close. Yeah. We're, yeah. Yeah. We're not going to meet the DS number. We're going to pass the Game Boy number for sure. We're definitely oh, going to sure. pass the, the Wii number here pretty quickly. Um, but I do think you're kind of sitting right in that mid, mid range. Um, so we're can, talking and, about, then what you're saying is we're talking about Nintendo's number two selling console of all time. In correct. Switch. Yep. Correct. I, I like that number. I feel sure. like that's fair. And anything on top of it is gravy. Yep. 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 Yeah. When, when uh, my plan is when I finally get the cash back from that stock sell, I'm, waiting, I'm planning on buying up a few more shares of Nintendo. There you go. <laughs> hey, great question here. Chris94 asks Will Nintendo ever go away from a hybrid console? Uh, this is over in our Twitch chat. Thanks for joining us, Chris. And thanks for everyone, by the way, for joining us here in the chat. I see both on YouTube and on Twitch. Um, I would highly doubt it, uh, Chris. And the reason yeah. I say this is because nobody else is in that market right now. Right. Yeah, you know, I'd, I'd say it's fair, fair to say North America home consoles is, prop, is more popular than handheld. Yep. In Japan, it's definitely the opposite. I, I like I'm right there with you. I think at this point they have locked themselves into a hybrid model. Mm-hmm. Uh, simply be, like. Here's here's how I see them going away from that. If the switch had failed, mm-hmm. then they could they could use that as basis for, or it yeah. was just mediocre, right? It's like, yeah. well, we tried it, we sold a bunch more than the Wii U, but we we see that people want the the, the powerful home console. We'll try that, but yeah. Switch has it's done, it's exceeded more than any. I, I think I would wager a guess that there are people internally high up in Nintendo that are shocked by how yeah. well the Switch is done. Yeah, and they're also shocked as they do backstrokes in their Scrooge McDuck oh, sure. bank of money. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Um, but I do also want to say this, and, and Chris, maybe this is kind of a, a second part of, of that conversation. So it's the only it's the only platform that has a dedicated um, handheld device. Now, the argument that someone could be making is, well, hey, dude, xCloud, right? I can take my games on my phone, right? I can do those things. And I do believe there's a market for that, but I think the challenge with stuff like that is that consistent internet connection, right? And so that experience is, I think it's available, but I don't, but that's kind of like the, the gamer gamer experience, right? Where Nintendo, because of the device, allows itself to be both a casual gamer platform and a gamer gamer platform, if you would, right? Um, and again, the connectivity part, as I mentioned before, like Stadia or xCloud or any of that kind of stuff internet connection dropping it's it's just not the same as kind of just pulling out the device and being on the go so i think that it's it you know it has really found its niche in that market really well and the and it sits there it's at an easy easily approachable price point two hundred dollars for a light that's in, in the u.s it's a pretty easy price point to jump into something like this um so as long as they have that that accessibility i think they'll continue to be in that that market what yeah. they're going to need to try and do is how do they scale up right so if, if I'm in my handheld mode, yeah, that's fine. Works pretty well. But I think that the spot where they need to try and compete into is that PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X space. And that has to be at up-resing, right? So how do, you, how, do you, how do you give that, the home console, a nice kick to really say, yeah, we're playing in the space effectively? That's, that's yeah. 
I, I totally agree with all of that. Um, and that's why I think so many people feel like the pro is next, right? The, the, it has to be something like that because they've already, they've already dipped into the handheld only. Mm-hmm. Now we need to dip into the console, like home console only. Yeah. And it needs to be more powerful. Uh, let's talk real quick uh, and kind of close this out. But I wanted to, before we did that, I wanted to talk about software sales because mm-hmm. uh, software sales have just been absolutely nuts, uh, as expected. Uh, people bought a lot of Switch games <laughs> in, at the end of the year. Uh, reigning champion still coming in at number one, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has now sold 33.4 million units. Uh, it sold 4.42 million units in the last three months. I can guarantee you I know exactly how this happened because two, I set up and purchased and delivered and picked up, however you want to say it, two Mario Kart 8 bundles uh, for my family, yep. <laughs> extended yep. family at Christmas. Them bundling that with the newer model of the Switch, yep. brilliant. Uh, yep. That it's it that I. I would love to see sales figures on just that skew. Yeah, I mean, I, and that, I mean, and the other part of that is that that's a that's a that's a play they've made for the last like three or four years, right? Um, it's it's pretty logical. It's an easy access in. Marty, just like you, I have the exact same situation. I set up a, a friend switch and got them all done up and stuff like that. But I, they had said they're like, oh, I'm jumping in, and I had another friend who called me. He's like, I'm jumping in a switch. What should I do? And I literally sent them the link. I was like, get the one with the Mario Kart eight. That's what you want to do, right? Like, um, you know, their their versioning of Mario Kart 8 is just shy of like a pack-in bundle. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's, I mean, that's that's essentially it with them right now. So it's a good place to be. Yeah. Uh, so that one, but but here's the surprising one. Uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons, number two selling game on the Switch, just under Mario Kart 8 Deluxe now at 31.18 million, almost 31.2 million actually outsold Mario Kart 8 in the last three months. Yeah. Uh, I still predict that this will become the number one selling game on yeah, the Nintendo yeah, Switch. Animal it's Crossing crazy. has outsold Mario Kart two quarters in a row. Yeah. Yeah. And, so and the other the other the other really important thing that we have to and I do agree with you, Marty, hundred percent. I believe probably the next um if if not the next report out or like when we have in 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 the May report, the next report after that will be will be passing it for sure. Um, and the other and the other interesting thing that we have to remember here is that's nine months of sales. That's not four years of yeah. sales like Mario Kart Eight has. Um, yeah. So that is absolutely. So I mean, there's no doubt that I mean this is this I mean this has this is Nintendo's fastest selling game. Here's right? two things I want to point out with Animal Crossing though is this <clears throat> is number one there we could see a slowdown in sales. Because we're about to cycle through another year of Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. So we have seen all of the events up to March, right? Uh, or we're about to have seen all the events up to March. And then we're going to restart with Bunny Day and all that. Unless they change it. And well, honestly, is, why There is a March you? update promised. We don't know if that will do a new Bunny Day or the same one. Well, it's going to be... It's That's the Mario one. And yeah. some people like uh, our good friend John Blanco from Dads After Dark is predicting paid DLC for, yeah, for Animal Crossing. Yeah, the other I, thing I, that I, I want to so. point out here is this, is what do you do when a B slash C tier IP that you have, which it was, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, Animal Crossing fans, it was before this. What do you do when a B slash C tier 
IP becomes your S tier IP. What does what? that, I guess what I'm asking is what does that change for Nintendo from the future? Because if you're looking at that kind of sales, what yep. do you think? What do you do leading from that? Yeah, I mean, and that's and that's a great question. So I think I, you know, I think the commentary we made before Marty is that like that would be the that'd be the place of like, and and this is sound this all sound like so like, you know, Scrooge McDuck twirl my mustache, get greedy, but like, how do I continue to monetize that group? So would that be Glumgold? How do I? I don't know. How do I continue <laughs> to tap them for for money? to ensure that we're getting that right. How do I enter a season pass, a whatever, whatever it is, the, 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 the monetization of a DLC. And then I think the other strategy I would think of is as I roll into switch two, right, whatever that's going to be, how do I make that like my launch title? Yeah. Yeah. Or how do you add a significant enough update to it that it now we're buying it again. Yeah. Right. Like exactly. I'm talking like a city upgrade, like I can float off the island. Like, but here's the thing as a, as somebody who has cooled off on Animal Crossing over the last few months, like yep. I was every day and I stuck with that all the way up through Christmas. The Christmas event really soured me because yep. it did not do, it wasn't good. Uh, now I find myself like every other day or every two to three days going to my island and checking. If they want to get me back, I would I would buy a season pass. Mm -hmm. I would buy a season pass that allowed me that added features to the game that allowed me mm -hmm. to do different things that addressed some of the user interface things. I would buy that. That would get me back in the game. Uh, but I, I think you're exactly right. How do we? How does Nintendo? What well, honestly we say? How do they? They need to realize that Animal Crossing now has to become. <laughs> almost like a launch title. Like it's almost has to be year one because it's been so, this has been so enormously successful. You know what? And I, and I wonder if like, you know, with, with it kind of being that flagship and that like uh, in, in some people that's their game. Right. And, and I mean, we also shouldn't be shocked about it. Like we heard, like so many people were like, I, I heard a lot of people were saying like, I'm not buying a switch until animal crossing. That's my thing. That's my jam. That's my game. Yeah. Right. That market. I wonder if you start to use Animal Crossing as as a event or as a game to more highly promote and share other games. Like, obviously, we're having Mario Day coming up here in a bit, but like, hey, man, I, man, we'd love to see a bit of a better sale in Luigi's Mansion. So, do we somehow highlight that uh, in one of the like, hey, there's a Luigi's Luigi's a Luigi event or a haunting Luigi Luigi for Halloween. I would love that. I think Do you know what I mean? Like, fantastic. so does so does that become part of the their like almost promotional strategy is to sure. is to embed more of their other games into just to highlight and promote it? So I think that's an interesting idea. Roy in yeah. the chat says they should either re-release or make a new Animal Crossing movie. Yeah, there there's obviously a market for that type of thing because it's gone from just being a game to being like a cultural landmark, right? Yep. Like I noticed this week, Nintendo was hyping up uh, animal crossing makeup palettes. Yeah. I that, saw that too. You got one. I, I, yeah, I did yeah, actually. Good, you, good. I bought it for my daughter for Valentine's Day. Okay, I, was, I was being facetious. I apologize. No, she, I, I bought her one because her favorite color is teal. Mm -hmm. uh, and they had one that was all teal themed. And I was like, okay, I will buy. And she loves Animal Crossing. She has a teal switch light. So yeah. there you go. Uh, I want to run down some more of these. Super Smash Brothers 
uh, now at 22.85 million sold. Breath of the Wild in at number four at 22.45 million sold. Pokemon Sword and Shield combined now in at number five, uh, 20.35 million sold. I think it's very interesting and telling that, uh, or well, not telling. I just think it's interesting that um, there is not a mainline Mario game in the top five. That's a great point. I hadn't really caught that before. There is not a mainline Mario game. Now, Mario Odyssey is just slightly under Pokemon Sword and Shield at 20.23 million. But Pokemon Pokemon Sword and Shield actually outsold it in those three months by about uh, 0.10 million, you know, like 100,000 units. Um, Mario Party is seven at 13.82 million sold. Golly. And it actually rose from Mm -hmm. eight. In at eight, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee at 13 million. Uh, in a Mario Odyssey or Mario Party swap places. Splatoon 2 still hanging in at 11.9 million. And new Super Mario Brothers, U Deluxe, the game nobody will ever buy, is now at <laughs> 9.82 million. Yep. Sold 1.5 million units uh, or 1.50 million units in three months. Y'all. Uh, this is why I tell you Mario uh, 3D Mar- Mario 3D World is going to sell like yep oh my gosh yeah I see so many people in like Nintendo groups and forums because it was like one of the later Wii U um, you know first party games there are like tons of people saying I've never played this game I've never played mm-hmm. this game I but I can't so it wait was to a launch it. game or <laughs> really close to it uh, was it yeah it was like 2014. You're right. It wasn't late. <laughs> but it was there, early, weren't, early. there weren't any other Mario mainline games that came out after that. Right. Mm-hmm. The only th- after that was only Maker. Yeah, and Maker. Mario Maker is such a weird case for me because it did so stinking well on the Nintendo, uh, on the on the Wii U. Yep. But on Nintendo Switch, I just feel like it was just kind of like poof and then it's gone. It's like a fart. Yeah. That, I mean, that's. Like, a, but I think that's. I think the other part of that is is the is the problem. Uh, I guess it's a weird problem that we had, which was it had no games. So really, when there was a good game, people really, really thrived on it. <laughs> so yeah, like, there was a real community built around Mario Maker because it was the only thing you could do. Also, it was so revolutionary at the time, right? And, and so there really became. It, I mean, I mean, if I recall their sales numbers for that. Jesse, do you remember where the sales number were for Mario Maker Wii U? Like it was pretty good. Like it was, it was. I, I, I'm not. I don't think it was a 50 percent attachment rate, but it was high for sure. Um, so I know uh, you're pulling up right now. Four point yes. zero one million. Copies. So you're about you're about 30 percent, give or take, right? Yes. So that's a pretty that's a pretty good attachment rate. I mean, that's pretty comparable to what you're seeing here for something like um. Uh, yeah, that was the seventh best. Like Smash. Again. And yeah, now, but again, I wanted, to, I wanted to clarify on the release dates. Mario Brothers U was day and date launch in November 2012. 3D World was a year later. That was the the November 2013 oh, okay. holiday game. So still early early system. I will never forget that game because it came out the same day the Xbox One did, and yep. everybody's in GameStop trying to get the Xbox One, and I'm like, can I just have my copy of Mario 3D World for the Wii U? And everyone <laughs> laughed at you. And they just kind of looked at me like, "Yeah, we're open, I guess," because it was a midnight release. Oh, and nice. it was I, I picked up Zelda 
a link between worlds as well. Nice. Those, those games came out day and day. Uh, I, I just want to throw this out here before we move on. Uh, Jesse did some research to compare the top 10 selling non-Switch Nintendo games of all time, including pack-ins. Here's some numbers for you, and these are pretty interesting. Wii, Wii Sports sold 82.90 million copies. I originally uh, didn't want to add the pack-ins, but after building the list, half the list is a pack-in, so I'm like, I might yeah, as well keep them in. Yeah. Otherwise, you lose and, the context. So keep in mind, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has sold 33.41 million. Okay? The next best-selling game of all time for Nintendo is Super Mario Brothers for the NES with 40.24 million. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is almost there. <laughs> Animal Crossing is almost there. The next one, Mario Kart Wii, 37.38 million. Tetris for the Game Boy uh, is 35 million. Mario Kart's almost there. Uh, Wii Sports Resort sold 33.14 million. Pokemon Red, Green, and Blue for Game Boy sold 31.38 million, and Animal Crossing has almost beat that. Then from there, New Super Mario Brothers for the DS sold 30.80 million. New Super Mario Brothers Wii sold 30.32 million. Duck Hunt sold 28.31 million, and Wii Play sold 28.02 million. Uh, that is packed in with a re Wii Remote. That's why we counted that. Mm -hmm. um, and we won't read this whole list, but we just wanted to point out to, at this time, at these financials, now 20 first-party games are now million-plus sellers yep. for the Switch. That is bonkers, y'all. The lowest one, I'll just go ahead and tell you, the lowest one was <laughs> Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, which has sold 1.08 million that means there's 1.08 million RC cars cluttering up people's houses out there. Yeah. I think the other the other one I'd want to call out here is actually number 13, which is Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Uh, and that's coming in at 8.32 million. And so that cycle it's time to out for get four there months. was three and a half. That's three true. and a half months, right? So, so when you actually statistically kind of look at the numbers from the last stats, that's actually probably the highest growing number, I would assume, the highest growth one. Uh, and again, I think that's putting that limited limited uh, run, uh, the Disney Vault-esque tag on it. Uh, I, I think we'll continue to probably see those numbers run a little bit um, as we get closer to that March 31st date. As well. I think that we'll see that break the top 10 I by next time. What's it will dethrone new Super Mario Brothers Wii U Deluxe. Uh, I, yeah, think the, I, I think I think going to be there's going to be a push of people buying it in March just because. Yeah, so. Oh yeah, because yep. uh, uh, yep. it's a ticking bomb at this point. Yeah, yeah, and for for some other news, Nintendo's upcoming first party games that we want to let you know about: uh, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury obviously launches a week from today. As you're listening to the audio version of this podcast. Uh, and Bravely Default 2 is out February 26th. New Pokemon Snap on April 30th. Bayonetta 3, which, by the way, Kamiya, the director of Bayonetta, has basically said, forget about this game. That way it'll be a surprise when you hear about it again. <laughs> That's not good news. <laughs> Just sounds like it. Sounds like it might have got a, a Metroid Prime 4 uh, uh, rework. Ew, I hope not. Metroid Prime 4, by the way, is still TBA. Still hiring people to work on it. And also, the sequel to the Breath of Wild uh, is somewhere out there, right? Breath of Wild 2. Um, some people think it's going to be this year. I don't know. I don't know. 
Some other games that we we want to put on your radar uh, that you need to be looking out for. Haven, which is out right now. Brand new, uh, like, love story JRPG. JRPG really comic book-esque. We've actually got, we actually got a code for it early this morning. Uh, we are going to be putting some content up on our uh, YouTube, so check it out. Um, yeah, as well. I missed yeah. that, and after I heard, uh, I think it was John, uh, talk about it, I'm like, okay, that might interest me. Uh, I might have to look into that. Yeah, take a look at it. Code's not called for yet. So, sir, you may be it. I actually think it might fall into your interest Interest to uh, go. Give it to Waldhack. He'll he'll love it. Uh, Little Nightmares 2 out on February 12th. Persona 5 Strikers out this month as well on February 22nd. Uh, Curse of the Dead Gods out on February 23rd. And y'all, here's one I'm really excited about that I don't think is getting enough press. Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection is out. Marty, on Marty, I've pre I've pre-ordered it. I'm so proud of you. I, I pre-ordered it. That's one of the other games I I want to like, but I've I've had a history of getting frustrated with the previous games. I'm like, I don't know if there, I want to deal with that. There was only yeah. one game on the Sega Genesis that I enjoyed playing, and that was Ghosts and Goblins. And I remember playing it forever. I uh, always wanted to play the Sega version of it because mm-hmm. I had this EGM magazine. Mm-hmm. That, like had the launch of the Genesis and talked about that and how different it was. And like it was more like the arcade. And I always wanted to play their version, never played it. I was hoping mm-hmm. it was on the Sega Classics collection. It was not. Fair enough. Um, speaking of classics, Capcom Arcade Stadium comes out February. Uh, Story of Seasons Pioneers of Olive Town out on March 23rd. Monster Hunter Rise out March 26th. And Justin, let's sit in the pocket and talk about this a little bit. Uh, announced this week, Apex Legends coming out on March 9th. Uh, it will be kind of mid-season, uh, but uh, as a uh, makeup or kind of a uh, sorry gift Sorry. to switch players uh you will start 30 levels into the battle pass uh here's what i think i think they should have just given nintendo switch owners the battle pass this time yeah hook them, hook them from the start mm-hmm. like you get a free battle pass uh because now did they announce anything like pricing structure or if there was going to be a pricing like a premium pack to catch up or anything. Yeah, you know so way that, more about this than I do. I'm yeah, excited for the game, but like you're super hyped. So yeah, let's, let's talk that, about this for a minute. Yeah, that, that's a great point. So the the chain of events that occurred uh, on Tuesday. Let's let's reel it back a bit. Uh, so there was a lot of rumor and speculation, and I'll be honest. Like I'm in a Discord, other private group. that was all Apex folks who were like, "Hey, here's here's leaks of it. Here's trailer stuff." So it's getting a lot of information. All the rumors were coming into a February second. By the way, Jesse, your fan is super loud. Or what's going? It, someone, that, it sounds like it sounds like Tim's on the call with like yeah, that, that's like, probably my furnace. Okay, I, I was like, vent are are you okay? Here. I was concerned about you. I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, okay, uh, all the rumors were, sp- were were going towards a February second uh, release and uh, basically probably doing a shadow drop, right? And uh, and that came and went and nothing happened and uh, everyone was like, "What's going on? What's going on? What's going on?" No answers. And then at about two o'clock Eastern Standard or sorry, Mountain Standard Time, which is about four o'clock Eastern Standard Time, after the market closed, they had their EA de- debrief. And at this point it was revealed that Panic Bun- Button was doing the actual porting of it, and that it was coming across on March 9th. Now there's a couple parts of that are really important to to break down here. First, Marty's statement here of Switch players will get 30 free levels on season eight to catch up the new season. 
that is kind of, that's kind of really important. And the reason that everyone was saying it's got to be February 2nd for the release date is that is your highest peak monetization, right? If you think of a battle pass, a battle pass is a specific set of time, typically three months. So your value proposition is the highest, right, of someone wanting to purchase a, va- a battle pass when it is the maximum amount of time. Simple value proposition, right? So if you, so the thought was if you're not going to drop it on February 2nd, you're going to go to another season. You're going to go all the way to season nine and drop it then. So when we heard nothing, that was like, wow, did they, did they indeed delay it till, till the ninth? No, they're coming here and saying it will be on March 8th. Right now on your Nintendo Switch eShop, it's listed at about 15.6 gigs for the download. There is no official information right now, Marty, in relation to the price structure. Now, what I have seen before is you get like a Ultimate Champions Edition, which is about $50, and gives you access to all of the um, all of the champions plus um, some Apex coins, which is their their V Bucks currency, right? Um, the interesting thing here that I tweeted about this and thought, and, and I just maybe Marty, because you're kind of a Fortnite guy, uh, I'd like to hear your 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 mind your thought on this, Marty. Do you know when Fortnite's next season ends? March sixteenth, which is one week after Apex drops. Which is one week after you get thirty levels into your battle pass. Yeah, this, this is a marketing is, move. This, this is absolutely is a, this a marketing is a move. marketing strategic move. They want so to steal some of that battle pass. They thunder. absolutely want to. So if I can get you to purchase a battle pass on the ninth with the with the incentivization of going up thirty tiers, you're gonna you're gonna get sucked into our ecosystem. Right, which means that when Fortnite comes up, you, so what they're trying to do is they're actually trying to siphon off some of that player base, which is, from a business perspective, actually really smart, because that's what is happening right now with Switch and Fortnite. They have a huge install base, that right? That's a massive install base. So if you can siphon some of that over to, to help build that base, that's really what you want to end up doing. So this incentivization and this release date of March 9th are very strategic uh, to try and do that as well. That's kind of what's happening with Apex Legends. Am I disappointed? Yes, I'm very disappointed. Um, I was really hoping to be playing it by now. Um, Panic Button is revealed as the as the porting house. I, I like Panic Button's work. They do a great job. If anyone that can makes make this, me extremely yeah. happy and if, confident yep. that this is going to be a good version of this game. Jesse, can you do me a quick favor here? Can you check? I believe I believe Panic Button was the porting house for Warframe. And that makes me excited because if you look at some of the character, at some of the um, the characters' movements in a game like Warframe, it is a first person. It's a shooter. It's fast paced. It's got a sliding function. They did a really, really great job at that port. I'm pretty sure it was them, by the way. Uh, they did a really, really great job to to actually kind of like squeeze the juice out of the switch so that that didn't look janky or weird at all so that gives me a lot of faith that this part of apex is going to be really really good um so that's that's kind of kind of my 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 uh my hope for it uh the google info but uh panel does show panic button games alongside digital extremes as the digital extremes digital extremes is the original is the company that developed the game panic button support yeah they are also also the publisher yeah they yeah they also they've also poured over rocket league they were the port on that as well and marty they did doom right i believe they did wolfenstein Doom doom eternal yeah so so they have a history of really being able to do this work really well um i'm excited to see what it looks like when it comes out i think the biggest question will always be how does it perform on the switch um but i'm 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 excited well 
and also Doom, Doom, Doom Eternal. Uh, let me just answer the performance question. Performance will be emphasized over looks. Mm-hmm. But, but if it plays as good as it plays on other systems, I don't care. Yep. I really don't. Like, I, I will say that I did notice some of the graphical quality uh, on on Doom Eternal not being as good as yeah. what I'd watched on other systems, but I don't care. It's I, I, can, I, think that- I can play it on the toilet. Yeah, I think the I think the challenge with Apex, especially in the in the, in relation to the porting company that does it, and this is why their work on Warframe I think is a more bet is a better key indicator probably than than what like maybe Doom might have, is 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 it is a Twitch based shooter, you you uh you know players have to be usually a ways out when you're taking those shots, so you have to be able to have a really good draw distance for that. Right. And it's also very quick movement. Right. We always see Apex players are running. They're sliding down their hills. They're shooting. Those are moves that we we saw in Warframe. And those actually looked really good and really smooth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but but there's that part of that of like the distance shot, the, the draw distance, the pixelation. I think this is going to be very interesting to see how um, and again, that many players in a game, how how it's going to look. Um, so I'm interested in seeing that Fortnite still struggles right now with draw distance at times as well as pop ins. We see that I was playing a match recently and I was kind of coming into an area and I was like, uh, I think there was a truck there. And then I landed. I was like, OK, now the truck is here. Right. So it's like, well, shoot, this could have been I really was bad playing on some really janky Internet with Fortnite a couple of nights ago. And it wasn't mine. It was, it was somewhere else. But like all of like drop it in on the island before you started, everything was like all jagged and polygonal. Yep. And like I'm walking up this hill that looks like. Two like triangle platforms, and all of a sudden the like hill. Cubert stage. Yeah. yeah, it did look like a Cubert stage. Uh, to be honest, the other thing I'd say about the about the apex, and I I promise people I will be getting off this topic very soon, at least for the next five weeks, um, is is the fact that like the day that apex was supposed to launch, or the February second, Power A launches an apex controller. Uh, specific design, and it was coming out the day, it was coming out February 3rd. Uh, they did this last time when they did Super Meat Boy Forever, and then like the game dropped. I, I am very wondering and very curious if the, if the idea to delay Apex was like a 11th hour call. Um, and, the, and then they strategically did that. I don't know for sure as well. Mm. Uh, Roy Porter in our YouTube chat here says, Panic Button are evil wizards. I agree with that. But I am excited that on March 9th, ladies and gentlemen, Apex Legends coming to the Nintendo Switch. I'll be live streaming that day. Uh, probably are taking you uh, good, taking good, the day off? Good chunk of my – I looked at my schedule already. Here's I'm going to tell you honest, 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 honestly. I was so excited for it coming out February 2nd. I actually had booked off like three hours to live stream. Like I put it in my calendar, had work scheduled off, uh, but on March 9th when it drops, I will be in like Sir, Flynn. I uh, I will probably join you that day. Yeah, let's go, yeah. right? Let's squat go. Up. Let's squat up and, and let's and you can show me the ropes because you've you've been playing a lot uh, outside of Nintendo. Yeah, I I was so here's the thing. I was so confident it was coming. I deleted it from my Steam account. Ooh. I deleted it off. I deleted and I'm like. Um, really i guess i guess i know what you're doing tomorrow justin uh, was wrong justin was wrong go ahead go i don't ahead. have it queued up anymore oh, I don't have- uh, that's fair <laughs> come on jesse uh that's got to be added to the soundboard because it's going to happen more um speaking <laughs> of wrong i want to i just want to 
hover around this rumor for just a minute. Actually, uh, before this- we do that, I wanted to do one more thing about the about the, the about the quarterly numbers. I know balance sheets are things are most people don't want to look at. They don't like to look at. I find sometimes really interesting information shows up. Like in the list of assets, the number one line is generally cash and deposits. And it may or may not be the highest number of your assets. It depends on the company. Or Nintendo case, is it cocaine? <laughs> it might Plain as well cards. be. So the cash on hand in this company, you know, listed in millions of yen is 1.1 million. So that is a lot of zeros, <laughs> which uh, computes to almost 10.5 billion US dollars. Wow. That's over 1 trillion yen in cash. Nintendo's always had a pretty fantastic war chest, and I think it just continues to show that, right? Yeah, and yeah. It, it had gone up almost 200, 200 billion yen in the, since the start of the fiscal year. Crazy oh stuff. Gosh. Crazy stuff. Wow. Uh, well, as good as Nintendo is doing, sometimes we have to say, oh, Nintendo. Oh. Mm-hmm. And, and this mm-hmm. week, some rumors or leaks came out uh, that apparently back in 2015. And, we, and I remember talking about this. We're hearing rumors about the fact that Netflix was planning to uh, produce and film and, and release a Netflix Zelda series. Well, guess what, folks? That was probably real. Why are we not watching this today? Well, because that information apparently, apparently, I'll say this, let me, let me rephrase this. We're, we're not watching it today, apparently, because that information leaked. Now, it seems a little coincidental, but we and we don't know if it was because of the leak or something else, but this was around the same time that Nintendo was also making deals with Universal. So there could have been something to do with that as well. And the rumor states that Nintendo also canceled, because of this, a Claymation Star Fox project that was planned as well. I just want to say this, and, and let me let me preface the statement by saying I love Nintendo is my favorite, favorite video game company, and it will always be. I am a Nintendo guy. But this, this news is about the most Nintendo thing <laughs> that I have heard in a long time. Yeah. Like, this mm-hmm. is pure grade A Nintendo shenanigans. It's yeah. like they heard about the thing and they're really excited about it. Cancel it. Why yep. would you do this? I don't yeah, understand. Yeah, this, yeah, this is, you know, early to mid 2010s where Nintendo was really picky on their IP use. So, yeah, again, one can only imagine what would be like if I, this I, going I on. I highly right doubt now. it's only because of the leak, but that's what I agree a with lot. That. That's what a lot of the reports are claiming. But I'll say this, uh, to, to, to give the leak rumor some credit, we are talking about the same company who said 
we're not doing any more Smash Brothers uh, movies because you leaked them all on YouTube in Smash Brothers Brawl. So you're not getting that anymore. <laughs> it's not wrong. Like, like, like in a lot of ways, Nintendo does have that kind of like parent to child ratio uh, relationship with their fans. Like right. you ruin this. I will turn, I will turn this TV production crew around and we will go home. If you say anything to anyone about it. Right. And, and sure enough, someone says like, no, you're not Zelda and Netflix. And it's like, urge back. We go back to the vault. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, Excuse you know, me. somebody in our discord was, was saying basically that, Zelda as a as a show probably would not have been that great because Zelda revolves around puzzles, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, however, a, a claymation Star Fox would have been amazing. Remember that anime that they put out before the launch of Star Fox Zero? I think yes. Yeah. Man, was that good? Like I'd watch that. There are so many Nintendo IP that like would make fantastic shows. And there's so much gap. There are so many gaps in those yep. worlds that filling them in just makes sense. Give me a dark and gritty Metroid. Per- Metroid from the same folks that do um, Castlevania. Castlevania. Thank you. I was just uh. about to say that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Oh like, my let's gosh. go. I would die and go to heaven. And if it was only six episodes or however long those Castlevania series, That's fine. I don't care. That's fine. Who cares? That's fine. Because yeah. you know what? I'm sorry. Castlevania season two is just—it's like oh, it's chef's kiss. chef kiss. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, chef, it's yeah. so good, so good. Yeah, I, especially and if you haven't seen season two of Castlevania, go ahead and skip ahead about a minute. The end scene where he he like comes into the castle and he's taking on all the monsters trying to go yep. kill Dracula, and they're playing the freaking Castlevania music yep. in the background. Yep. Oh my gosh! Du, 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 du. I was yeah. like, my mind exploded. I need to rewatch that. It's been a while. The, I haven't, the, I I haven't mean, seen. I, it since I've never season. watched season three. I, now it reminds you, me. I need to go. Could you, see made, season could you three. imagine if they made like a like a like a, a Star, Star Fox? Now it wouldn't be live action, but like Battlestar Galactica kind of like gritty space drama. I don't if know. They I don't, took I don't, those puppets from yeah. Nintendo Direct a few years oh. ago and made a show out of that. I'd watch it. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it'd be good. Be good if they they'd have the general paper. We need you, Star Fox. Yeah, I think be great. That's a really good impression, by the way. Thank you. I, 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 every time I play Star Fox, he's like, "We need you." I do it. I, I'm like along it, with him. Have you ever seen Stingray or Thunderbirds? Yes. yes. Yep. That with the puppets. <laughs> yeah, that'd yeah. be good. That'd be a great one. <laughs> yeah. If they did it tongue in cheek. Yeah. It would be pretty good. I, I, honestly, and I may get crucified for saying this, if, but I'm saying if they did an Animal Crossing series in the style of Teen Titans Go, it's just money. Yeah. It's just money. I, I if it's tongue in cheek and yeah. they're not taking it seriously and yeah. Isabel and them are running yeah. around and yeah. hijinks and all kinds yeah. of stuff. Come on. Come on, yeah, and I wouldn't cartoon. be shocked if they, if they if they I mean they've talked about their diversification of their IPA, IPs for a while, um, and I wouldn't be shocked if we see that. It'd be interesting to see how the the Mario movie does, right when that finally comes out from an Illumination Studios. So if the Mario movie does good, I predict the floodgates open. Yeah, I, you know, actually, as I'm looking at this, like, why does Xenoblade not have its own like anime? 
That seems Why like a no brainer. Fire Emblem not have its own anime? Because it's a sh- it's a, it's a sucky series. Moving on. <laughs> oh, it almost turned into Mega Dads around. It almost here. did. I was like, uh, let's talk about let's talk another couple of news beats here. Platinum yep. Games confirmed this week that Astral Chain is a Nintendo IP. It's not a Platinum IP. It is owned by Nintendo, uh, which That's is interesting. Pretty interesting, considering the fact that it is a little more adult and gritty. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's been other games that Platinum worked on that did go multi-console. So this now just shows it's not going to. Yeah. No, and I would gladly take an Astral Chain 2, yep. inject it directly into my veins. I don't know why it's not done better. I, I love the fact that they, you know, if you think of Nintendo's... I think this is starting to show again that, like, the new breed of, of publisher and developer and creator coming through Nintendo, right? I think Splatoon is a great example of it, right? Astral, Astral Chain is a great example of it. I'm excited to kind of see where those IPs begin to grow. But yeah, you're very much right, Marty. I'd love to see, like, what is Astral Chain 2... Like, I don't want that that franchise just to fall off on the way. And we're talking about shows. I would take an Astral Chain show. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Oh. Yeah. Just even in the game animation style. Like, yes. Come on. It was beautiful. Uh, a couple of game release updates. Chris Tales is now scheduled for July 2021. And unfortunately, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time remake has had the Nintendo Switch logo and all mentions of the game taken away from the homepage. Do we have the wah, wah, wah bumper? Um, I have this. There it is. There it is. There it does it release is. on other platforms on March 18th, if you're looking forward to picking that up. but yeah, uh, I looked that up because I mentioned it last week as one of my five games I'm looking yeah. forward to. Yeah. Which so, is not, not coming on the Switch. Are you, are you Okay. I have two other systems that'll work on. I'm fine. Do you want to do you want to talk about it? He's got an Xbox Series X and a PS5. Do you want to do you want to have a little tissue? By the way, cry. Little uh, wipe your tears away. Little uh, I picked up an Xbox Series X this past week for my students at church. Oh, for your students at Uh, church because they we had an Xbox One and it was kind of starting to get a little wonky. Sure. And uh, Best Buy had a sale, and I was like, "Am I?" um, Will confess, I have no clue what I'm doing on the Xbox. The user interface is ridiculous. I, I am so confused too. I I, bear, I can get it running the games I want, and then that's it. Yeah, like and like you go to the store and it's branded with Windows and the like. It's a Windows logo and mm. yeah, I, mm. I don't I don't get it. I, I just be an Xbox or be a PC. You know, I mean, <laughs> just one or the other. I'm also excited anyway. right now to announce that later next week, we're introducing the Xbox show where it's just Marty going, oh, oh, be one of these things. This is, why are these window tiles here? It's what is gonna, going it's on? It's going to be called Xbox Boomer Dads. That's yeah. what it's going to be because it's, I don't know. It's, it's just a Zoom call with you and Sean Capri and Sean's trying to hype you up. He's like, log in That's here. Sean, or, Sean's like, or, no, no, Marty, no, you go over to here. Troubleshoot no, Marty's no problems. over here. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, um, it's fun. I've I've played. Uh, I finally got to play some Halo Five, so mm, that's pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's talk some events. Do it. So, guys, as you know, last month, uh, Retro Logic became the newest member of the Nintendo Dads family of podcasts, and John Woot. and Dan are doing a awesome, awesome job over there. Uh, and it's time for February's Retro Rewind. And I love this because they went they went 
I, this is kind of what I wanted them to do the first month that they kind of took over Retro Rewind because Retro Rewind is no longer just Nintendo-centric as of February because February's Retro Rewind game is Sonic the Hedgehog. Speaking of Sonic the Hedgehog, did you guys see this Nintendo set? Or sorry, this uh, this Lego set? Yep, Lego Ideas 2020 has uh, selected Sonic the Hedgehog Green Hill Zone as their... Next Lego Ideas project. Crazy. Did you also see this week that all of the voice actors retired all at the same time? Or retired, yes. Retired. There's got to be something else going on behind the stage. That is weird. I am going to say this. I think that they saw what the new show is going to be, and they said, "Uh uh-uh. Yeet. We're done. (laughs) Anyway, speaking of Sonic the Hedgehog, you can play this uh, pretty much in a lot of places. It's on the Switch uh, as Sega ages. Uh, you can play it uh, on most. Uh, you play it on the iPhone. I do. I think it may be on the Google Play Store too. But uh, Retro Logic, beginning this month, will be having a community podcast that's similar to the Dinner Table that is focused just on the Retro Rewind game of the month. And we'll give you more details and info on that as it becomes available. They're still working on timing and different things like that. But for now, go play Sonic the Hedgehog. It is the game that caused me to buy a Sega Genesis as a kid uh, when I'd before just been a Nintendo guy. Uh, Pokemon Go stuff's coming up. Lunar New Year event is starting uh, February 9th at 10 a.m. through February 14th at 1 p.m. local time. Uh, time to Research features Tauros and Mega Gyarados will be available for raids for the first time. Also, the Pokemon Go Tour Kanto will be February 20th from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. local time. If you've purchased tickets for this event, you'll soon be able to choose if you want the red version of the ticket or the green version. Pokemon uh, will be attracted to incense by version. So if you have the red version ticket, uh, Ekans, Oddish, Mankey, Growlithe, Scyther, and Electabuzz. The green version, Sandshrew, Vulpix, Meowth, Bellsprout, Magmar, and Pinsir. It's the only way to get these Pokemon is to trade with someone. I should have made you read those names, Justin. I just now thought. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've zoned out. I'm actually watching a video of of uh, Shaggy doing a uh, wasn't me uh, Cheetos commercial for the Super Bowl. Wow. Uh, Funny stuff. Really good. Wow. We've got Shaggy singing it wasn't me over Cheetos. And we've got tag team saying scoop. There it is over ice cream. It's it's with it's with uh, Mila and Ashton from that 70s show. Oh, listen to me. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, each version of this will also have Pokemon that has increased chance of being shiny with some overlap. So you can watch out for that in your Pokemon yeah. Go. I, I am going to spreadsheet the hell out of this just so I can mark, keep track of everything I've caught and what I need to trade. Because, you know, the goal is they want you to catch all 150 of the Kanto Pokemon, you know, optimally within. The 12 hours, because that's what the event's for, but they actually will give you a whole week to finish everything. Well, they want you to spend that money to catch all those Pokemon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because well, money's good. No, well, buying the ticket to participate is like a $12 ticket. It's not. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, let's move on to what we've been playing, shall we? Do it. Justin, we're going to start with you because uh, on your list, I see that you've been playing nuts. I have been playing nuts. Okay. (laughs) 
I was going to make a joke, but uh, we we got some negative I, uh, criticism when I made the same joke last if, week. So if I'm you could watch our YouTube channel, I did a first look uh, or a let's play, and I said this is a let's play of nuts, and I just. I had a hard time, real hard time yeah, you with the did folks. A, you did a first look of nuts? I did a first look of nuts. Uh, yeah, we, nuts. Let, okay, before we lose viewers, let's just, yeah. let's talk about what this game actually yeah, is. So, uh, so in the, big thanks to Pop Agenda for sending us the code to this. It came out today on the Nintendo Switch eShop. It is a simulation game. It reminds me of Overwatch. Or not, Paul, not Overwatch. Firewatch. There it is. Those are very different games. Oh, yeah. Fire, Firewatch. Um, and you are assigned as kind of like an intern to go to the forest. Um, and you kind of live in a caravan. And your job is to basically take photos of these squirrels. Right. And you submit them back to your kind of head office because they're doing like migration trails, essentially, of the of the squirrels. Um, but. All things are not necessarily what they appear to be with these squirrels. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. So, squirrel snap? Uh, so, it is, it's really cool. I like it. Um, the controls, they don't, like, they don't give you a lot. The controls are pretty simple. It's kind of a click, you know, click this, click that. Um, but it was really interesting because your job is, is, is once you kind of figure out your base, you, they tell you like, Hey, go to this location, put out, put out a camera or a remote camera. Then you're going to go back to your, your caravan and you have monitors and you have to sit and watch the screen. And when you see the squirrel, you hit pause and then you hit print and it prints out like a, a picture of the squirrel and you have to fax that to your head office. And once you fax that to your head office, the phone rings and it's kind of like your boss and they're like, oh, good. You've seen the squirrel. Let me tell you a little bit of information. And through these transactions, through these interactions, the story begins to open up and you begin to understand that like there's a lot going on here. There's a little bit more going on here. Um, it's, it, it is very much that like simulator walker walking game. Um, I'm very much enjoying it. Again, it's only four hours long. So for a value proposition, I think it's, and I, I think Jesse or, or Marty, 20 bucks, I think in the eShop because I've purchased it. I, I, I don't see it. Um, Checking. or free on Apple Arcade. Or free on Apple Arcade. So there's an option for you as well. It's but $20, I, but currently discounted to 17 Okay. I, I definitely really enjoy it. It was one of those games that actually when I got the code, I said to Jody, I said, like, do you want to go play this together? Like, we can put it on the big screen and play a game together. Uh, she's interested, just hasn't been feeling well, so maybe we'll do that in a couple of days. Uh, but I've enjoyed what I've been playing about. So I'd, I would actually really recommend Nuts. I would definitely recommend Nuts. Uh, the other game that I have You just playing, really wanted to say that twice, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, I did. I did. But it is good. You should check it out. Check out our Let's Play. I like Christmas and Almonds. I have no comment for that. The other game I've been playing is Blue Fire. Blue Fire just came out today. It is a 3D action adventure game. Uh, wow. I don't know how else how else I would describe. It. I need to look at the description to see how I would describe it because it's it, it you're it's a it's a it's not a hack and slash game. Marty, you saw the trailer. How would you describe it? Uh, it kind of looked like the Dark Souls of 3D platforming. Uh, yeah, that's a good way. Just to be honest, yeah, thank uh, you. it was looked like a a a fairly uh, a fairly uh, difficult 3D platforming game uh, in yep. which you had to do a lot of uh, quick decisions, air dashing, and double yep. jumps, all while fighting enemies and avoiding obstacles. 
Yeah, that's a that's a really great way of saying it. Uh, yeah, three you know three D platforming, like a three D Celeste or something like that. You know, there. Thank you. There it is. Yes, that is a great. That's a, like I, I thought that when I saw it. There it is. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you. I very ra- very rarely applaud you for that, but yes, that is it. <laughs> it is like a three D Celeste. Um, it reminds me actually that three D world part of it is also like a little bit of Super Lucky's Tale, but like much harder. Um, really enjoying it. Um, there's tunics and there's upgrades and there's uh, stuff that you can purchase and the bo- boss fights and there's some exploration. And then you go in these areas that are called voids and voids really remind me of the trials that you have in um, uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. When you go into those like those trial areas and you've kind of got to complete this task and you get out, reminds me very much of that. Uh, there's these statues that you explore and they have emotes that you purchase and then there's like it's just weird, just like, hey, sometimes it's great just to emote, and all of a sudden your person like dances. And you're like, huh, that uh that doesn't really seem to fit well with this theme here, but it's pretty cool. It's pretty good. Um I would I would recommend it. I've got a first look that's gonna go up uh tomorrow or actually today uh on it as well. But yeah, that is Blue Fire. I'd recommend that one as well. And then the other game I've been playing today is Thomas Was Alone. The demo's on the eShop coming out in the middle of February. Um, I absolutely love this game. We're talking about the pre-show with, with the lads here. Um, this is like, if there is a game that feels like it is art, Thomas Was Alone is absolutely it. Um, I just amazing. There's a story. It's simple. It's moving just blocks to another area and then there are other blocks that are have like their own personalities and one can one can jump a little bit more and they're like he knew it was his opportunity to shine right and there's this kind of like different personality and the other one was like you know yeah sure the other guy can jump higher but i can't but whatever you know i'm cool i'm small people like me so there's just really like like it's just literally lines and blocks but the character and their narration brings you into the story in this compelling relationship and it's just um, just really an amazing, amazing story. Um, so I would highly recommend that. Those are three. Those are three. Justin recommends nuts, <laughs> blue fire and Thomas was alone. You are a junior high boy. <laughs> you are you're like a 12 year old. Chris, uh, Chris asks nuts or with your nuts. Just nuts. Just nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Jesse, uh, what have you been playing? All right, so I think you mentioned Rogue Heroes demo a few weeks ago, so I had downloaded yeah. and played that. I didn't finish it, but I, I you know, I, I can see the appeal. It's and it does give you the ability to like lock or un, you know unlock certain parts of the map, so you can fast travel in a future run. That so was like, a nice feature. So I like there's like the first dungeon is three levels deep. I uh, was able to, and it, you have to spend the, before you enter the dungeon, you lose all your gems. So you have to collect the gems from, from the, in the dungeon. So if you're able to get to the second floor with enough gems, you can then unlock a permanent opening. And then the same thing when you get to the third floor. So I've, Which is, I've, is good until you realize you go to that second or third floor with absolutely nothing. Right, and that's where I got stuck because <laughs> I died there. So okay, I can get to now. I can, you know, from the, from the starting town, I can warp right to the entrance. I can go in, go to the third floor, and then I've got I die really quick. 
So that's as far as I got. So this is, you know, not a game I'm going to continue. Just because, you know, generally I don't like roguelites and this is kind of follows pattern, but I can see the appeal. It is very Zelda-like. So if you are, do like roguelike Zeldas, then this one is one to look for. I also tried the Bravely Default 2 demo. And again, I it just didn't click with me. I, I ended up going to like the, I don't know if it was a desert area or a dungeon area, but it, I just got handed. So I'm like, I don't feel like grinding, so I'm going to stop. And it, it gives you a time limit anyway. Once you get to us, once you start playing, you can only play for so many hours, which by nature discourages grinding in a game that you have to grind. So exactly, not a very good demo. Um, that if that was like supposed to like want make me want to play the the actual game, it did. It had the absolute opposite effect. Absolute right, awful. Okay, so a. Next, next game I played is, part of is the medium, not on the Switch. I played it on the Xbox through Game Pass. It's you know, I've heard it described kind of like a Silent Hill game, and I've never played a Silent Hill game. So, the the game really didn't get all any creepy, at least not as far as I played. You know, I, I think I got about two to three hours in, and the game's only like six to eight hours total, so it's not entirely large. But it's, it, it's, at gimmick, I guess you can say, the MacGuffin here is, you know, you, you are a spirit medium who can talk to the dead. And, uh, from time to time, you'll like crouch down in pain, like you have a big headache. And when you wake up, the screen will be split. With the left, one side being the real world and the other side being like this alternate spirit world, which has similar geography. So like if there's a, if there's a door in one, there'll be an archway in the other. So you'd be able to pass through. And if you're, if there's any people in the spirit world talking to you, you know, you're, you'll, you'll hold on a conversation while you're looking like a complete idiot in the real world talking to yourself. Cause you know, fully like, Full body movements is too completely duplicated. Everything and and this, this this character is fully aware of what's happening in both worlds. So like if there's an object on the floor in one in one world and an object on the floor in the other, she can independently pick them, go to that area and pick them up. And in order to progress, there has to be a clear path on both halves. It's like one example in the spirit world in the lobby of a hotel. There's a spiral staircase that goes up that this little ghost girl tells you, meet me on the second floor. But in the real world, the stairs are broken. So you need to find a different way upstairs. Ah. And, and the, and the blocks works both ways. There's one where in the real world, there's an open door, but in the spirit world, there's something covering this archway that you have to just find a knife and cut it open. So if there's, the pathway's got to be cleared in both. So it's a, I like the game up to that point. Then I got to a point where it was a, a literal, literal chase sequence, and it starts off with the person running towards the camera. So I, I can't see what's in front of me because it's behind literal me. <laughs> and it's dark, so I can't see the hallways. I don't know where to turn left or right until I'm already there, and by then it's already too late. So it's like you have to memorize the foot, 
the number of steps you need to take before making each turn. And I'm like, that's not fun. And I ended up dying three times in the same place, learning nothing. At that point, I said, I'm done. I'm not fighting with this anymore. So I think this was a game that uh, John Blanco was enjoying. He has gotten farther than me. But once I don't know anything beyond as far as I got. I might go back and try it again. But, you know, if, if, if you're able to get past that area, then you might like the game. And I don't know if there's other areas like this later on. But it's not not a particularly large, long game. I just realized that gotcha. Justin uh, left the room, and so I had to change my change my template on the stream. Does <laughs> that fit? Well, he just sent me right back. Okay. Well, well, well I've I've got it. I've got my my Zoom set to hide if the camera's off ah, instead of show okay. it. That's that's what's going on. Gotcha. You know, for gotcha, gotcha. for a different reason. Anyway, and then the last thing I want to talk about is I hopped on a Skype call with John Blanco and uh, three other uh, listeners of our shows, and we played a game of 20 questions that will be part of a Dance After Dark episode that'll land on Tuesday. He, he had gave us, you know, he, so John had all of the the answers the I'm not going to spoil what it is but basically one was a video game movie the other was a video game and the third was a video game character and we, we spent more than double the time on the last one than we spent on the first two combined so it we mind dive into that so deep we, it was, it's, I don't know how he's in, I haven't listened to it yet to, to see how he edited it to, to clean it up. But what he thought was going to be a half hour recording session was an, over 90 minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> so if you want to hear how that goes, uh, look for that to drop on the Dads After Dark feed or our YouTube channel on Tuesday morning. Awesome. Uh, so I've only been playing a couple of games, mainly because the first one has, Entirely sucked me in way too much. And that is Cyber Shadow, which just launched very recently from Yacht Club Games. Uh, I just finished it today. And holy crap, is this game difficult. Uh, Like, I seriously was contemplating in the last level saying, I'm done. And (laughs) I don't really ever do that in games, especially platformers. Uh, And it all came down to the game deciding on the last stage to teach you a mechanic that you absolutely have to use to finish the stage mm. that they don't teach you until the final moment. Uh, and that's unfortunate. Incredibly frustratingly hard. Uh, the final boss, I will just go in. And this is not a spoiler. I don't think, but I'm just throwing it out there. The final boss fight is three forms of a boss or or two bosses. One of them has two forms and it's all in a row. Wow. No healing, no nothing. Uh, If you beat the first one and you die at the second form, you go back and you have to fight the first one again. If you beat the first one in the second one, first form, and you get to the second form of the second one and you die, you have to go back and fight them all 
again. Sounds like a Dragon there, Quest final boss. And there is no, like, if you've played this game, there are save points or checkpoints throughout the levels that allow you to, uh, they'll regenerate your health, but they will also, you can pay for different things to regenerate, like your spirit, which is allows you to do your, like, throw shurikens or do a downward stab with more power. Um, or to get an item that will help you. If you get to this point, um, which is this stage, the final stage is a vertical climb. If you get to this point, there is no, there are no, there's no currency to gain and you cannot upgrade. You cannot buy any upgrades without falling back down the tower and coming back up it again, Oof. which was an incredibly frustrating part in the beginning. So I ended up having to just power through. Um, I will say that there is a trick to the final boss, like the final form of the final boss. Uh, and if you like, without spoiling things, um, destroying part of the final boss will cause things to help you. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but I will say this, even though it was, it was pretty frustrating, it was a satisfying game. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I do think that you can tell that it was Yacht Club published and not developed. There is some balance issues with it, but I think it was like Mechanical Arm or something like that. It's the people who made it. I don't know if it's their first game or not. If it is, like I get that there's balancing issues, but it definitely sets you up for another one, and I would like to see them address some of those balancing yeah, issues. Mechanical Head. Mechanical head. There you go. Uh, I would like to see them address some of those balancing issues simply with a difficulty selector. If you want to play it Ninja Gaiden style and like go all out and be, and, you know, be frustrated, fine. If you just want to play it for the story, great. Because it was a cool story in the game, uh, I thought. So I would recommend it. But like if you really, really, really are good at platforming games, like if you can beat Ninja Gaiden, Great, you'll you'll have fun. You'll, yeah, you'll I think Cyber Shadow might have been the first game. game. I don't see anything else. You'll just fly straight through it. But um, I would like to see a difficulty selector for the future. The other game that I've been playing is 2015's reboot of Ratchet and Clank on PS4. It's part of the PlayStation Plus Pass or Pack that you get when you buy a PS5. Uh, and I, like, I had this on PS. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Hang on. Oh, the throat got a little dry. Uh, I had this, I bought it back when I had a PS4 and got about 75% of the way through it. And I think I just got derailed by something else. But if you love 3D platforming games like Mario Odyssey, different things like that, this, this is a fantastic game. Uh, I don't know why I didn't finish it. And I'm having a ton of fun with it now. Um, I just like, I, I bought it or I got it and downloaded it now because I know a new Ratchet and Clank is coming for PS5. And so I wanted to kind of just be, have played it and have finished it. A uh, little bit of a difficulty spike on what I think is the next to last level uh, with a boss, but I finished that this morning and doing pretty good. So I've been enjoying that. Um, they should make more of those. Actually, not that anybody's <laughs> going to hear this that, you know, has 
any sway with PlayStation, but if we can just get Sucker Punch to make another uh, Sly Cooper game, I'm I'm down. My favorite PlayStation series, uh, hmm. Sneak in Raccoons. It's just it was so well done. Cell shaded, bosses had personality. It was just mm, it was so good. That's what we've been playing. Let's turn on the community spotlight and get into your feedback. Let's do it. Got some uh, questions from email and Discord this week. Uh, we'll start with this one from Mecha Dragon 101. Uh, and uh, actually, you know what, Mecha Dragon, this is a great question, and I'm going to wait and do this next week when Tim is here because uh, I think it applies to him and me, and I'd like to get his perspective on it. So uh, please forgive us. We'll skip this one. We'll put it in the archive until next week. Uh, just so you guys know who are listening, it's uh, a question about children uh, that are on the autism spectrum or dealing with autism. And so we'll talk about that next week as Tim and I both uh, kind of come from that background. So, uh, however, he did send us in uh, this question on Discord. How hard should you be? with critiquing indie games versus AAA games. Is it right to go easy on an indie game over being much stricter with a game with a huge company behind it, or should they both re be reviewed fairly and just as strict as the other one? What are your thoughts, guys? I, th I think it's, I think it's, it's equal, right? I think that, I think that you, you have to make the field equal. Cause so I, so I think what you have to do is you have to create a matrix or a measurements, especially a review system that is irregardless of whether it's an indie, whether it's a triple A, whether it's a third, you know, mid, mid tier. Uh, I saw one of the, one of the reviewers, I think switch up does a great job. They break it down into five simple categories and they're like, how do you know, do the controls work? How is the sound? What is the enjoyment? Like what is a replay enjoyment? What is the value? And there's something else as well. But essentially, it's these, and, and so they use that formula regardless of the size of game, regardless of whether it's, you know, nuts or whether it is Super Mario and Bowser's Fury. Do you know what I mean? Like, this, so the, 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 the tool that you're applying should not change dependent on the, dependent on the shop or dependent on the shop that builds it. So I think, I don't think you change, I don't think you change things. That, that's my idea of it. Yeah, I think pretty much any game should not necessarily be compared with other games, but more of what the best version of that game could be. And it, so it doesn't matter if you're an indie or a AAA. You know, all games have flaws. All the games can be improved in somehow. It's just, you know, picking them out and figuring out, is this a big stinker and you need to give it a five or is it just a minor inconvenience and you give it an 8.3 or whatever. So mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's, it's, or if you need to compare any two games of invent to do to, for scoring, you should keep them at least at the same genre and yeah, not necessarily quality, but, but at least genre. So comparing a, an indie platformer and a triple A platformer, this is still apples and oranges, but it's a, it's better than apples and pears, which is mm -hmm. what you're going to get any other way. You, you try to compare two games that aren't remotely similar. Yeah. Yeah. 
Very good wisdom, guys. I, I, I agree with you guys. Um, Chris HL asks us this. With the recent release of the Monster Hunter film, what is the best and worst film based on a video game? What is the best and worst video game adapted from a film? Ooh. I, I got my answer. So I'm going to sure. go, yeah, go, go, go ahead, Marty. The best video game adapted from a film. I have two answers. Disney's Aladdin on the mm-hmm. Sega Genesis or the Mummy Demastered, which is available on the Switch. It is a Metroid game. If you switch, if you if you strip the mummy away from it, it's Metroid, and it's amazing. It's so good. If you have not played it. Do not allow the mummy franchise thing to push you away from that game. It's yeah, I had heard, I had heard that about the that about that game. Yeah, it's so great. Like the game is better than the movie. Like way better. Oh yes, absolutely. The movie's not bad. I think people kind of take a crap on it because. You know, it's Tom Cruise or whatever, but it, it's okay. Yeah, it's it's not bad for what it is. Now, the the uh, the other thing is the best video game movie is Mortal Kombat. I would agree with you there. The very first one. I'm interested Mortal to see Kombat. what the new movie is going to be like. Well, it's uh, yeah, it's coming out in May, and if you've got an HBO Max account, you don't even have to go to the theater. Yeah, and I wonder it's. I'm expecting it to be more gruesome as the later games have been. I read an interview that said that they recreated some of the game's more classic fatalities okay. and to expect gore. Well, that's, yeah, that's a given. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Last year's Sonic the Hedgehog movie was good. It was above it was above my expectations. I wouldn't say it's I the went best. in without any expectations and was pleasantly surprised. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I, cuz I was still expecting it to be horrible. And you know, I would have watched it if it wasn't rearted, if that's the word. Uh but uh and uh just to see how bad it got, but I I liked I did like how it turned out. Um I know. See, I remember Prince of Persia was a, was turned into a movie. In terms of a video game movie, it was also okay. If if you f- forget that it was a video game movie and just look at it as a movie, it is like hundred percent mediocre. It's mm. like right. <laughs> it doesn't do anything that offends you or gets you excited. It's just well, there. The worst video game movie of all time. I know you you think that I'm going to say Super Mario Brothers. And it's there. Like, it's down at the bottom of the barrel. But uh, the worst video game movie of all time is Street Fighter. If you've never seen that, it it, it was so bad it killed Raul Julian. That, does that make... Wow. Does, does this make Street Fighter the movie, the game, the worst game based on a movie? Yeah, I will go there. I will go there because that is... That is a god awful. We're going meta. Why did they do that? <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. Justin, uh, you've been you've been strangely silent during this. I, I need to hear your answers. Yeah, I'm struggling because I don't really know. Like I don't really like. So whenever I see a video game movie, I almost instantly say like I'm not going to watch that because I know it's going to be hot trash. Um, I was very pleasantly surprised by the Sonic movie. I did see that. Yeah. You know what, Detective Pikachu. 
Detective Pikachu. Was that was I forgot really about good. that one, but yeah, that was yeah. that was good too. Yeah, like me and the kids, we went and watched those, and I thought that was really good. I've watched a couple of the Resident Evil ones. Um, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people forgot that Detective Pikachu was a 3DS game. Yeah. Um, what else would I say that's out there for hot trash? I mean, I mean Mario just instantly comes to mind, right? Like that series was so so bad. Um, but then, but then movies that were made into games. You know, the one that sticks out to me that I that I just don't know why it sticks out to me is Waterworld on the Virtual Boy. Oh, <laughs> oh. that's just doomed twice. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, that's a great question, though. I don't really know. I am. I am. If I go in and watch a watch a movie that's made of a video game, I just like the bar is just set so much lower. It is like that's right. that's about it. Yeah, good question. Well, though. Yeah, lower than going out question. to see a DC movie. Well, I watched Wonder Woman eighty four on HBO Max, and let me tell you. I'm glad that I didn't pay movie theater ticket prices for that. Yeah, I did like it, but it's it it, it wouldn't it wasn't. Oh, good. I didn't even do that. I fell asleep an hour and a half into it and woke up right before the end and knew exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a good nap. Uh, here, I here's looking, my. I want. I am interested in seeing the Snyder cut. Uh, yeah, I'll watch that. I, I like. I don't know why I keep doing this to myself, but I'll watch it. Yeah. Like, I kept telling my wife, she was like, oh, Aquaman was pretty good. And I was like, I know why you like Aquaman. <laughs> Go on and say it. She's like, well, Batman and Superman's not too bad. Wonder Woman's not too bad. And I was like, have you seen Justice League? And she's like, no. And I was like, she, I had watched it without her. And she was like, yep. I just kept telling her. I was like, it's not good. It's not good. And finally, one day, one day we were doing the show, and I came home after doing the show that night, and she was like, so, yeah, I watched the Justice League movie, and I was like, yeah. And she's like, I probably should have just taken your advice. <laughs> probably should have. Yeah. And uh, that's the closest I ever get in my marriage to hearing, you're right. <laughs> so, there you go. Well, guys, that has been episode 313 of the Nintendo Dads podcast. We want to say thank you to everybody oh. uh, as we are leaving. Oh, sorry, Justin. I totally forgot to mention. We mentioned it last week, but I'll mention it again this week. Ladies and gentlemen, next week we've got a special guest coming on the show. That's right. Tell them who it is. It is Seth Macy from IGN, from the Nintendo Voice Chat, the Super Nintendo himself will be coming on, joining the Nintendo Dads next week. We are excited to have yes. Seth join us. Uh, so make sure you guys are you guys are in for uh, that show. I think it's going to be great. I apologize, yeah, Marty. Absolutely. I, that's oh, you're fine. You're fine. You needed to mention that. What I was going to say is that we have surpassed 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. That's another thing. Thanks to you guys. And so thanks so much for going over and subscribing to us on YouTube. Um, oh, I got something else speaking of stuff, oh but you go ahead gosh. with the YouTube thing. Go ahead. Did you know we're giving away a copy of, of New Super Mario World and Bowser's Fury? You mean Super Mario 3D World? Whatever. Bowser's Fury? Doesn't matter. Do you know if you go over to our social media, specifically Twitter page, our pinned tweet is that? That's right. You can enter to win, and we will ship it to you anywhere around the world or get you a digital code, whatever you would like. Go over to Nintendo at Nintendo Dads on, on Twitter. <laughs> wow. Can I, can I close the show now? I think so. Okay. 
Well, we want to say a huge thanks to our Patreon producers, Chris Mears, Dave Ernsberger, Antonio Contronio, and Christopher Waring. Thanks for backing us at the $30 level. You guys are awesome. And also thanks to all of our backers over at patreon.com backslash Nintendo Dads. Be sure to go over to our website, nintendodads.org, where you can check out our brand new merch store from TeePublic with tons of cool designs. You can get your favorite Nintendo Dad on whatever you want, like a mug or a sticker or a T-shirt. Uh, you can buy our brand new 300 episode celebration t-shirt over there as well. And uh, you can check out all of our social media and YouTube videos and podcast episodes and all that at NintendoDads.org. Be sure to email us at NintendoDads at gmail.com for your questions to be featured on the community spotlight. Or you can call in and leave a voicemail at 929-25-N-DADS. That's 929-256-3237. We want to say thanks to OC Remix for the music used throughout the show. And a reminder for you guys, please give us a rating, a five-star rating and a written review on your podcast app of choice. It helps people find us. And we want people to find us because we would love them to come in. We just want to give them a big podcast hug. We can't hug for real right now. Someday we'll be able to hug for real. But right now it's just a digital hug. And uh, you, you giving us a review, it helps us get more people the digital hug kind of weird where that (laughs) that's okay for me for justin and jesse and tim who couldn't make it this week this has been episode 313 we'll see you next time bye-bye thank you for listening into nintendo dads Justin was wrong, Justin was wrong, Justin was wrong.